0: Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith and as always on a Friday, it's the Three Amigos show with me, Mitch, uh, out in the desert somewhere, and Steve Hasty in a, a salubrious part of Tyneside. Good evening, lads.
1: Evening,
0: Steve. Good to have you. Good to have you on, and we're joined for this first half hour by two special people. And you know, great to have Bill Corkran on. Good evening, Bill.
2: All right, Steve. Good to see you
0: and John McCorry from the food bank good evening John good evening
3: delighted to be here thanks for asking us
0: yeah good to have you on so the first half hour guys and um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the food bank um I'll tell you what bill I'll, I'll open it up with you uh, give us give us uh, you know give us a, a little bit of an insight into how the food bank actually started off in Newcastle
2: well we all know a good friend and comrade of ours is Colin Whittle uh, Colin came to see me and Steve Steve Hasty, um, one day and said we should do a food bank like the Scousers do. And uh, we looked at each other and sort of went, I thought a bad idea, and and sat around and met in the bar and had a nutter. And we didn't know a thing about it. We were literally going to go and buy tins of beans or have a, a cardboard box outside the Gallagher End and give it to the Irish Centre to hold. And then we, we didn't know what we'd do. Fortunately, something that we've done, and, and this is a lesson about fan activism and community involvement, it leads you to places, it introduces you to people and places that you can use in future campaigns. Um, when we've done the the thing about the Wonga sponsorship, lads, you probably remember that where we got Newcastle yep. United, Wonga, uh, we got Chianura, we got um, uh, Shona Alexander from the Citizens Advice Bureau in there to discuss the whole nature of sponsorship of uh of football clubs and we we're i remember saying i Wonga look you know newcastle breweries went bust northern rocks gone bust green knackered uh ntl went bust you lot will be next and they, were, they wouldn't believe me but look what happened to them but anyway <laughs> that's another one um and Sean alexander who is the person in charge of the citizens Advice Bureau bureau newcastle and a wonderful woman um she was there and she was talking about loan sharks and she was talking about the kind of things that went on and I volunteer at the Citizens Advice Bureau, and I said to her, because I knew, I, even then I knew that food banks existed, and you couldn't just walk up to one and said, look, I'm hungry, give us some food. Actually, they'd feed you if you did, but, you know, technically you've got to go and get a, a letter from your doctor or the Department of Work and Pensions or somebody like that. And she said, right, we've got to introduce you to the West End Food Bank, and that is um, a, a guy called Mike Nixon. Who was, uh, took me six weeks, six months, sorry, to, to understand that the guy was a vicar. And he, he lived in in Tarset in North Northumberland and commuted into Welsic every day. And uh, we were sitting around, the three of us, with Shona and, and Mike. And 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 this, this is John McCurry's predecessor. So John knows Mike as well and knows what he's like. And um, we were saying things like, oh, yeah, look, we'll get you loads of tins of beans. And Mike just silenced us by saying, listen, I can get a tin of beans for 10 pence. Uh, I, don't want, I don't want a tin of beans, I want 50 pence, and I can decide when to buy the tins of beans, who needs them, and, and all the rest of it. He, he was the one that said, well, you know, um, we, we, if we can get the money and we can raise the awareness, then, then we can start giving things directly to what is a registered charity, the West, Newcastle West End Food Bank that was on I, Daniel Blake. Um, we can then get into a situation where we don't have to worry about having money in our pockets that somebody's given us uh, it can go straight to a place where there's proper financial oversight. And they're the experts and specialists in food distribution. If you like, we're the experts and specialists in being able to shake a bucket and have a loud voice in the Gallagher end when it's raining outside. That's what we're good at. And and it allowed the West End Food Bank, I think, to be able to do what they're good at, which is distributing food to the 1,500 or so people a week at the minute in, in Newcastle who need it all around the city, not just the West End, because they've taken over responsibility for some of the East End things, and, and and they feed people from all around the place. So um, that's how it started. And I have to say, yeah, there was people that got involved. Um, Michael Martin was very active from True Faith. Uh, we, 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 we were able to put on the um, film I, Daniel Blake at the Irish Centre. We raised 806 quid. I think it was around about November 2016 and we followed that with our first match day collection at, at a funny scraggy 1-0 victory over Derby County in the in the promotion season when Matt Ritchie got a deflected goal and and I happened to be in there with with 12 Germans that come over from our our sister city of Schalke um and and they were saying hey hey bill this football is not very good and we're like i you know <laughs> sorry about the Welsh accent there for the Germans but there we go you know what i mean I remember them afterwards in the Irish Centre, and they say, I said, right, lads, we're right in the middle of Chinatown. Should we go and get a meal? And they went, yeah, we want fish and chips. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so we had to get them fish and chips somehow in the, in the, in the middle of town, six o'clock after 50,000 home win. But never mind, we did it. And they, they, were, they were very, you know, they helped with the food bank. They brought some food over. And that's been the story ever since, of incredible generosity from the fans, all fans, mostly, of course, Newcastle fans, from all demographics, all genders, everything. You know, we've had black and white people, literally black and white people. We had, we had Rohingya refugees once. They, they turned up and uh, somebody was saying to me, oh, Bill, we've got some Indian people here, and I'm, I'm kind of going, yeah, yeah, it's fine, whatever. You know, I don't mind. I was late, as usual. And, uh, and then, then it occurred to me, these people had been, you know, they'd, they'd been burned out of their house. They'd had a terrible, horrible time. And they'd come to Newcastle and they hadn't really been able to do anything. And the only way they could express their gratitude for the welcome and hospitality they'd received and just help was to come along and collect at the match. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope nobody's been rude to them or anything, because God knows what those poor kids have been through. And of course, the fans were wonderful and the fans had given them scarves. And they gave them tickets to the next... Uh, we, we played Watford in the Cup the next week. They got free tickets for the whole family for that. And we got to beat 2 nil, and it rained. So, they, you know, they got the proper introdu- introduction to Tyneside Life. Somebody even gave them a picture with the time Bridge on for the flat, you know, that they were struggling to furnish. So it was it was wonderful. And all the way through, we've had three and a half years of incredible generosity, which carries on uh, right until this day. I mean, today in the Chronicle, there was Jess cumston who's been running i would been running, I don't know, half a marathon five kilometres or something every day for a month to raise funds. The, the, you know, um, Mir, who was one of the fellows from the Bengali community in, in the West End, done incredible things with Aid, raising tens of thousands of pounds, flogging, you know, shirts and, and various things like that. Um, you know, and, and that's from a community that, let's face it, 20 years ago, even recently, wasn't exactly welcome to St. James's Park. And so the food banks broken down every barrier it's seen the generosity of the people. It's seen, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds and the equivalent in food and, and even sugar puffs. We've got, we got 20,000 pounds worth of sugar puffs off a Sunday supporter once even, you know. Incredible things um, and, and not one word of, of dissension outside the ground. We've had nothing but a welcome and generosity from the fans, away fans as well. Um, and and I can, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the presence of so many Newcastle United supporters, I just want to thank you all, lads and lasses, every single one of you, uh, for their kind words, for the generosity. Whether it's ten pence that buys a tin of beans, whether it's a 5 that feeds a family for a week, whether it's more than that. When it's people who have done sponsored runs, the the, the lads on the you know on, on that podcast, those crazy lads from South Shields are come in with a trolley push, um, <laughs> the the University of Newcastle Union um, runners, you know um, that, that fella I forget his name. But bless him, you know, if, if if there was ever something like a character of when the boat comes in who was skint and he was trying to sell his shirt because he was skint and it was his autographed Newcastle United shirt, his prized possession, and his pals said, look, Ryan, no, it's okay, we'll do a GoFund you and we'll raise you a thousand quid, which they did. And he said, no, nah, I'm not having it. That's got to go to the food bank. I mean, that that is heroic because I bet he could have used every single one of those thousand pounds but he wouldn't have it. He showed extreme dignity, extreme pride and strength and, and courage, and he deserves everything, you know. Um, and so we've, we've had that all the way through the last three and a half years, and we're in the fortunate position, the likes of me, Steve, Colin, when he's around, he's not too well at the minute, all the collectors, some of whom don't even go to the match, you know. Some of them, some of them just turn up, shake a bucket, get the two hours of love, stand in the rain, we're in a fortunate position of being able to do that, but John and his colleagues, like Gemma and Carol, and, and the others, and especially going through the COVID-19 crisis, where you know they've had to they've had to do more with less. They've had to give more food out to more people with with fewer volunteers than ever before, and they're managing to keep it going in in the midst of having to social distance and protect themselves. At the start, when we didn't have enough. PPE equipment or, or sanitizer. I mean, we got sanitizer from from Cath McKinnell, the the MP for Newcastle North. She turned up literally in a car with with a bootful of the stuff and, and handed it over. Bless her, she go and got it herself. Um, we, we've we've had PPE equipment from the from the scousers. The um, that we, we we had another MP who drove the van up from Liverpool where they've been making these things. I'll actually laugh my head off at them because. Um, they said they phoned up on the Wednesday night and said, "Bill, we got a load of PPE equipment that we were going to give to Celtic, but Glasgow Celtic don't want it anymore, and uh, they've apparently they've got their own. So we're going to give it to you lot and uh, Leeds and Huddersfield and Man United and Man City, and, and we're coming up to you first. So can you meet us? And and uh, and all, of course, you know. So we met them. We got the box out. Opened it up, you know, just to see what was in there, and all of the all of the, the PP equipment because it was made by Liverpool and Everton supporters was kind of red, white, and blue. And I'm just imagining what a bunch of Celtic supporters would when when they're confronted with Rangers colours would have said with. So I had a good laugh at that, you know, but never mind. But that that went straight out, you know. Steve, you organised that uh, the distribution to the care homes, you know, literally that afternoon. That was in care homes on on the faces of. Of, of nurses caring for, for little old people who were in massive danger of COVID-19 infection at the time. And, and you know, I, I don't know, maybe that saved lives. I, I, I hope, you know, I don't even think about it in that way, but uh, I think it gave a bit of courage and hope to people. And and, it, and we were very careful as well to ensure that it, it went around the region. You know, we didn't want to be accused of saying, oh, no, it's just for Newcastle fans because the food bank... It's for everybody who's hungry. I don't care what race, what gender, you know, what who you support or anything. It's about you need. If you're hungry, we'll feed you. And um, and because it's the kind of thing that you know when you go to the match. Neil, you said this loads of times before talking about the takeover and things. The function of the match is to get us out of ourselves, to go somewhere where we can we can forget our daily troubles. We can kind of forget about work, forget about the mortgage, forget about home, forget about not walking past Northern Goldsmiths and buying something for our wedding anniversary that we forgot—all of that sort of stuff. But you cannot forget about starving children over the hill in elswick and Benwell, and you, you cannot, you know. And when you see the figures that there's 40% of the of the people involved at the food bank are the between the ages of five and eleven, and you're thinking, I don't care, you know. Let's let's not be romantic or political. There's all kinds of reasons why the people are at the food bank, usually because of universal credit and the nightmares that that's brought. But, and some people may or may not be culpable for whatever's happened to them, but I guarantee you, an eight year old girl isn't, and she deserves a chance. And a nine year old boy like young Matty, I met when um, Newcastle United phoned up and said they had a thousand Cadbury's cream eggs. And I went down straight to the food bank because I didn't dare take them to work in case our, our secretarial colleagues nicked them all. Um, took them straight <laughs> to the food bank, and there's young Matty, age nine, with his homemade haircut, you know. Um, he took one for himself and two for his two sisters. And I'm looking at him and thinking, you know, mate, I want you to go to school. I want you to have your breakfast. I want you to have a decent pair of shoes on. I want you to learn about engineering or law or medicine and and never have to think about being hungry. And I want you to, in in a few years' time, to go to university and have a good job and earn a lot of money and come back and live in Newcastle and, and do well. Um, but you're thinking... My God, he's nine years old. He's hungry, and his family have to use a food bank. You know that isn't right. So um, the the reaction of Newcastle United fans, players, management, director, um, you know everybody has been utterly incredible. And and if Hollywood were making the film, I wouldn't believe. I'd I'd think it was soft soap in it. But it's been utterly incredible, and I've just got to thank everybody. Who's, who's stopped for a bit of crack, you know, chatted and donated and done all kinds of stuff. It's too many to list. We've had bicycles off people. We've had go-karts. We've you know it's we've we've done art, we've done gigs, we've we've done incredible things. Even in lockdown, we got Biffa from NUFC.com, who's raised eighteen grand from doing auctions of, of memorabilia. You know, that in itself has replaced the money we would have collected probably at the the home matches on the You know, this last season, although I, I forget what day it is, what year it is and, and whatever, when the football season's... You, you don't know where it's coming or going, but anyway, the, the season we've just had um, and we'll work something out for the season to come and I think we've got some news about face masks and stuff that we can talk about where we're going to try and raise some money from, from from those. So, sorry to go on, but that was a bit of a... That was a bit of, I don't know, a bit of a spiel, but that's, that's how passionate and humble... I feel about this uh, this this process. It's been the privilege of my life to be able to help, but I wish we didn't have to do it, and as soon as we're abolished, the better, and we don't have to do this, and we can do other things in the community and, uh, and get people involved in other ways. But fun- once, Bill, Bill, that's fun- once more, thank fantastic, you fantastic. for everybody who's been involved and helped, donated, and inspired us fantastic that bill that's that's
0: absolutely superb and you've you've got a lot of people who sure you've seen the comments there as you were talking a lot of people saying credit to you they were filling up you've really hit an emotional uh you know an emotional area with a lot of people there so from from our perspective you know you know we think it's a great job and i've done what i can to help as has you know biffer as you see and other people but look from our perspective um you know let let's come let's let's come to you now john oh two seconds we've just lost bill um he's uh coming in on the he's coming in on the other stream now so uh just give us just bear saying john we'll come to you uh bill mentioned the uh you know the masks um and you know he mentioned you know the donation that's gone on Let let's come to you just tell us a little bit about what's been going on over the pandemic over the last three months
3: yeah, well, first of all, it's been my privilege to meet and have the support of these guys in the wider N U F C fan fan base. It's been really brilliant. Um, I, I'm in post. I've been in Food Bank now about two and a half years, and when it came along, I met the guys and we were talking. I think we were about uh, six months a year into match day collections, and uh, I got to say um, it. It was it's something we're really missing as a group of people now because we all turned up on Saturday Sunday whatever the day was and the fans coming along and asking about what was going on the different initiatives people made in terms of trolley pushes and so on was amazing you know when it was this sense of one city which I always found you know really heartwarming as, as the manager of the food bank um the other thing that it did for me Steve was that it got the issue front and center about the level of poverty and food poverty in the city and the need uh, for people to come along and use a facility like this so having the support of the fans and some of the people you mentioned Bill and Steve here and others um, we were able to network and really profile the work and that that helped us quite a bit in the last uh, year to 18 months because, we've we've been in situations where our our warehouse was sitting and the pallets were empty. We didn't have fish to tuna and stuff to fill the food parcels and we had to travel down to Horsham and places like that uh, over a weekend, fill up a van and bring it back up to Newcastle. Thankfully, uh, because of the work of the NUFC Vans Food Bank and the wider association, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, And with the onset of COVID, obviously, We've changed. We were making making 100 hot meals a day in addition to the food parcels. And our volunteers were doing this. Uh, We have about 100 volunteers, great people. We couldn't do what we do without them. They pack bags. They make food. They go out and collect food for us. Um, And when COVID came on board, we had to stop making those meals because of the social distancing. So that whole social inclusion element of the work that we do, it, it sort of came to a halt. And it was a very important part of our work because it was about mental health, it was about friendship. And one of the things we use as part of the NUFC Fans Food Bank is the dignity of the people that we work with and the people who need to come into our service. So um, what, what we have done um, in, in recognition of our, our, our sort of role in the city and responsibility is there was actually an article on ITV News this evening. We have connected with other charities across the city, so we were, we're, we're now over in Biker, working where we have like a satellite centre. We're up, uh, and we're in Leamington as well, and we um, are just doing some work with people in Kenton just this last couple of weeks to get, like, satellite centres for people from those neighbourhoods and communities who are struggling to be against me. So that they don't have to maybe walk because they can't afford a bus fare to a free bank in Benwell, and we're having these outreach centres, and all of that really has been made possible by the work of Steve, Bill, Colin, and others. Mondy and others that have been part of that process. I think fantastic. I think, fantastic. Go on, I, go on, Jim. I think Steve. too, what they've done is that because they have highlighted the issue, we now have connections and people are aware of what's happening uh, in terms of, you know, people struggling to make ends meet. So I have found that, you know, especially since COVID first thing is that the the big supermarkets have been great. They had up until this month been making bulk donations. So that's helped us address the shortfall because people weren't coming to match. They're all off. So a lot of our donations dropped off. So the big supermarkets have in and that has helped us greatly at this point in time. Also businesses across the, some of the local business, I'll let you you mentioned the names, but certainly through council and the work that they were doing and the Food Domination Racecourse Foundation was great and that gave us several tons of food every week that we were able to take the food parcels that we distribute from our Centers. And then we're working also with the family hubs right across the sea in East, Central and, and West in terms of people here are working with families that um, really are, are destitute almost, perhaps sometimes. There's lots of children in the families. And we were working with um, British Gas come on board and we're doing deliveries to those families through the family hubs. And that was making a real difference for us. As we get back to whatever this new normality is, we're we're continually at what we do. But I'll give you some here, Steve, just to let you know what we were dealing with and what we're now dealing with. So, in the twelve months up to twenty twenty, so the twelve months before that, we issued twelve thousand food parcels and that fed about thirty two thousand people last last year. That's about. I, To do that took over 122 tons of food to do that. So if you work out, it's about 1,700 pound a ton of food. That's a lot of food coming through through the doors and get out the other end. So far from April to July this year, um, just to the 31st of July, we actually issued 7,000 food parcels that have fed 20,000 people. So in those, what is it, four, four months, so um, and out of those, as Bill mentioned, uh, eight and a half thousand of those people fed because we track we track the numbers uh, to, to make sure we're getting to the people that need this most. And eight and a half thousand of those people fed from those food parcels were children living in families in poverty. So and so far this year, we've uh, already went through six, 76 tons of food since um, since the start of April So that's a 200% increase. That's what COVID has meant to us, a 200% increase. Now that can probably be explained because we now have a wider footprint across the city and that might explain some of it, but really that was to make sure that we were a food bank for the whole of the city, um, which was always an aspiration. And that aspiration came from working with the NUFC Fans Food Bank.
0: It's an amazing, an amazing, you know, organization. It's amazing work you do. It's tragic that we have to do this, but um, a lot of questions obviously coming in. You know, a lot of people just asking, you know, where can the donate, John? So, I mean, let's, let's get the important stuff out there. Where can people donate, first of all?
3: Well, if any, anybody wants to donate, if they want to go on to our website, which is newcastlewestend.foodbank.org.uk. And if they go to the donate where they will find a number of ways they can either make a one-off donation online, there's information about our, our bank or there's tech. So people can donate to the food bank via that. And all of the funds that go in there are specifically used to deliver the food parcels, get the food in through the door and meet the demand. I suppose the challenge for us, Steve, is a lot of people are in this position. We don't know what's going to happen if people furlough come to an end, really. I mean, um, and that's, we're trying to plan for that. So the trustees and, and, and the staff team and with the supportive guys, we actually have a plan and that hopefully we can access sufficient food in the coming months up to Christmas through working with the likes of Morris wow. and those in the big stores so that we can actually meet the level of demand that we think could be coming our way.
0: What about the masks? A lot of people asking about the masks. I know Steve Hastie's been quite prevalent with them. Where, where can people buy the masks? Well, I'll tell that
1: one if you want, John, seeing that, saying that I've, I've, I've kept you out of the loop most of this like this week on that. Um, there's a website being set up, um, which should go live uh, at the beginning of the week, um, where you can actually order. We're taking pre-orders now. The, webs- the masks, what we've done is we've produced something like this. Just basically a standard mask, as you've seen, with a, with a logo on one side. Um, black and white, obviously. Um, different sizes. One of them has the metal clip in it. Uh, we've got children's sizes. We've got uh, standard ones. So there's four different types. Um, it'll be on the, on the website. Um, we'll put the link up on um, NUFC Fans Food Bank on Twitter um, over the weekend so people can place their orders. Um, Ten pounds of which uh, a donation, um, so substantial as much as we could, uh, bearing in mind that we had the manufacturing costs, etc., delivery, trying to get them done. So there's a donation uh, that will go um, directly uh, into the account and help with the food bank. It's advertising the food bank as much as anything. Uh, it's got the uh, it's got the logo on that was designed for us by one of the guys. Uh, which just basically says uh, NUFC fans, boot food bank and supporting it. So, that, you know, you can see the logo there. Um, and I'm hoping that they take off. We, we, we haven't produced that many because it's a, it's a trial run. So there's a, there's a couple of thousand uh, of different sizes. Um, and uh, hopefully it, 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 it's a success and we, we clear them all by the end of the by the time we come back on next week, Steve. I'm sure you will. There'll be a massive demand for them. You know, face masks are something we're
0: going to have to get used to. Sadly, uh, no, no, no end of the pandemic anytime soon. And if you can uh, help, you know, raise money for the food bank, it's a, it's a great cause. So, John, uh, anything else you'd like to say? I mean, you know, we, we've obviously seen a lot a lot of people asking about the Rubens, of course, uh, you know, who own the race course. They've made donations. I think you just probably want to give a thank you to them, but also a thank you to the other people who've been massively helpful throughout this pandemic.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, small, small online donations are our bread and butter, and I would like to say thank you to all the NuFC fans right across the world that have made donations. We've got donations in from America, Australia, and you know, it's just really heartwarming when that happens. And uh, some of our local National Health Service people too. I mean, we're getting donations from doctors and nurses and so on, and because you see it coming up, and I, tr- I look and try and acknowledge every. Donation comes in online for us. It's It's been amazing and, and really, um, you know, it's just been incredible to see happen. I'd like to say, though, to some of the um, businesses, the lo- local business community have come in and have supported us. Some of the ones who had to close down the like of the big shops in town from Fenix, TK Maxx, MS, and Costa, all of those made donations of their ambient good before they closed down. And that was very helpful because that went back out food parcels. But I'd like to say the, to the LGA Foundation, which is part of the Reese Group, it's been great. We've had the Gainford Group there in terms of uh, Imran's help. it um, been fantastic. We've had the Watches of Switzerland um, who've supported us as well. The, these have been companies that have been watching very closely what we've done and I think are avid fans of NUFC. We've had the support through... Um, The Race Course Foundation, which is the Rubens Foundation, which has, again, been fantastic. So all of these foundations have really stepped it up and been there to support the food bank. And I can't thank them enough and hope they'll continue to keep a watching eye on us as we go forward. And thank you, guys. Thanks to the fans. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: John and Bill, I know Bill's had a few technical issues. Big thanks to both of you. We wanted to give this first half an hour of the show over to the Food Bank because of the terrific work you are doing. just try to give you as much support as we could, John. But best of luck with it. I'm sure we'll continue to mention it on the show. Thanks for everything you're doing, mate, and stay safe, John.
3: Thanks for having us on and thanks for all your support. See you all again soon, hopefully. Take care. Bye. Take care, John. Bye-bye. Fantastic.
0: Great Bye. to see you. Well done. And I'm sure everybody'll agree. The comments that have been coming in have been absolutely fantastic. A lot of support, uh, a lot of support there for, for John and the guys at the food bank. And uh yeah, you know, it, it's, it's 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 hard, it's hard that we're actually in this, you know, state, you know, a state of affairs where we have to rely on it. And of course, this came a long time before before covert. Now an hour and a half left. Yes, we will talk about football. I know a lot of people, you know, asking, can we talk about football? We've done nothing but talk about football in the takeover for the last 17 weeks. Can I first ask you to like the video, give it, uh, hit the thumb up, uh, share it, please, guys, on all your social media if you can. Um, and, you know, just, just you know, comment, get your questions in. I've seen a lot of them. Um, a lot of them have been quite the same. We'll always have guests on as well. We've got a few guests lined up for tonight. Some will get on straight away. Others will, will, will be waiting. One person who supported us from the very start is Spenny Mag. Uh, so we're going to bring him into the equation. Uh, good evening, Spenny Mag. How are you?
4: How are we doing, lads? All right? We
0: good are, to see you.
4: Good right, to see you. Are, yes. I got me fella on, eh? Like something. is it? <laughs> so for
0: the next... So for the next half hour, uh, Spenny Mag will be joining us for the debate. He will be uh, he'll be joining in. there. Uh, first of all, though, we always ask new 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 people on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about you. You know, how long have you supported Newcastle? What was your first game?
4: Well, My first game was 1984, Sheffield Wednesday, and uh, we won two one. Paisley scored the winner. My dad took us up in the old Sunnie bus if he's mate, the plumber, and uh, went in the Gallagher end. And ever since then, I haven't stopped going. About bought a season ticket and um ever player ever players obviously Bayesi because I was there, he's my hero. Simple like as that, really.
0: Yeah, top class. And I mean it's just, you know, the last 17 weeks, you know, in a nutshell, what have you made of it?
4: It's up and down all the time. Some days you say something and thinking, Oh great, it's gonna happen. Then something else comes out, like a letter or something like that. You know I mm-hmm. mean it's it's like last week when it came out that the deal had gone, you know what I mean? I felt horrible. So I, I came off social media for a couple of years just to get my head right because you do get too engrossed and it does see mental health sometimes really bad when people's saying things to you and all that sort of thing. So I did a bit of a break in that. And mm-hmm. Steve will tell you that I had a bit of a message with me, man, bitch, and that sorted us out a bit.
0: Good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Well, welcome to the show. You're on for the next half hour, mate. So feel feel free to chip in if there's anything you want to say. Look, the big question that everybody's asking at the moment is, of course, you know, many of you might have watched it on YouTube. Uh, the Newcastle United Supporters Trust uh, held uh, another like forum this time it was for NUS team members only, but it was broadcast on YouTube via, uh, the MPs channel Chi on Wura. Uh, so yeah, I, I took part in it. I had, I had a bit to say, I know Steve hasty was involved in it as well. Bill Corcoran was, was on the line as well. Uh, I got a chance to say what I had to say. Um, but Amanda Stavely had a statement read out, um, by George Colgan at the very start of the show. So Mitch, I'll come to you first. Um, what did you feel about the statement? What, 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 you know, what was your take on what Amanda said?
5: For me, I take the statement as just to thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you very much for what you're currently doing and keep doing it. That's what I take out of that. And I don't think you can, you can read too much into it because we've spent 17 weeks analysing every last dot and comma of everything that everybody said and it's natural that we're all going to do that. Um, and I think we're all going it, to... It's very easy to make it a negative statement because it isn't saying, yes, we're going ahead with the takeover and everything's everything's cool. Um, but I, I would like to think it's the kind of statement you want to put out that doesn't really tell you much. And I would read into it that because they're not telling me much, there's obviously stuff afoot. And so... Um, we know what our role is right now. And now our role as fan base is to keep the pressure on in every, absolutely every single way we can. The uh, the the petition that's now rolling like, ever closer to the magic hundred thousand mark. And if you haven't signed it, please, it's easy. It takes two seconds to do. That's what I love about it. It's a piece of cake, two clicks and you're done. Um, and, and And that's what we need to do for, because that's what they want me to do. It's absolutely as straightforward as that, you know, that's how I take it. And, and and I would urge everybody not to read too much into anything that comes out officially over the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a
1: long drawn out scenario. I think uh, Steve, your take on Amanda's statement. Um, Very, very similar to Mitch's actually. It was a, it was a thank you for some hard work that's been done by various fan groups, uh, led by the trust. This week, um, it was it was her way of saying, you know, we we acknowledge all the all the effort, the heartache, everything that you have gone through over the last 17 weeks, and what you've done this week since the announcement came out last Thursday. So I think, if nothing, it's a shot in the arm for for fans who have really, really sort of. Um, Come up to the plate to kind to of phrase um, and shown that with a united front, um, we can get angry uh, equally as angry uh, together because that's the way we've been. I mean, you know, we're all angry and now we're collectively all angry uh, and we're doing it and we're channeling it in the right way. Um, with the letters to the MPs, uh, which is, was set up by, by the trust, which is fantastic as well because you just click onto it and 30 seconds later, I, the, the letter's gone to your MP. And I think there's virtually every MP in the country, at least 400 of them, anyway, seem to have uh, because fans are everywhere. Uh, seem to have have, have had emails uh, sent to them, letters sent to them by this system. we we'll start. The, I noticed I'm, I got a reply back today from Nick Brown. I live in NE6, um, so I got I got a reply back, um, and I'm I'm hearing lads and lasses all over all over the country who are getting replies. There's been you know acknowledgements from. From people within within the uh, within the cabinet, uh, Rishi Sunak replied um, and said that he he wanted to do something, um, or he advised, you know, he gave it, gave encouragement to to fans living in Yorkshire in his constituency. So I think it's all positive, Steve. I think it's all positive. Spenny Mag, same question to you. Amanda's
0: statement it was short but sweet. The George read out, um, you know, uh, you know, what was your take on it?
4: I thought it was like. A legal statement, sort of thing, as though she's going to go into a court case. That's what I've come across. She never gave anything away. She was the, the the bid's not on the table, on off the table, sort of thing. Like it's, are we going back to Premiership or not? It's just like lately wrote As like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. it was like.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's and look, it's interesting times. My my view on it was that you know it was it was nice to hear again her her communicating and um, you know from my yes, perspective, definitely. you know it, it's it's a positive and I think there's going to be a long drawn out saga going here, but to see the politicians getting involved is great. As Mitch says, sign the petition. It only takes you know literally thirty seconds to do it with your email. Ninety four thousand five hundred and sixty two people have signed it so far. Um, you know you know if we can get that to one hundred thousand by tomorrow. Um, or at the latest Sunday, I think there'll be big moves in the government to try and get this sorted out. And I don't mean just asking the Premier League for an answer. I think, you know, we've got to realise that if the government are selling arms to Saudi Arabia and have a, a great business deal with them, then, you know, they, they're not going to want to upset that business deal. So I think there'll be a lot more comes from this than uh, than we all think. Um, a lot of people, of course, asking, you know, again about um, NUST um, and how they've taken a lead this week. I mean, Mitch, um, I saw a question there and I'll, I'll take this to you first of all about, you know, about the trust. People ask why. You know, somebody said, why are you guys reluctant looking to get involved? I mean, you set it up. You were there at the start. Yeah. You're in Dubai. It's not as if you can come to meetings on a regular basis. Um, but, you know, you are, you, you know, you're still, you know, you're still involved. You still support, you know, you know, any fans, any fans movement, don't you? I'll, I'll leave you to answer uh, it. But, you know, people are asking
5: uh, the question. Absolutely, I mean gosh, I'm a reluctant to get, get involved I put the hard yards in setting the bloody thing up yeah. <laughs> um, I was the first chair um and, and I feel genuinely feel like it, it, it's very much the next generation are in charge of it now, that's the way it should be. you should pass the baton on and move on um there's a the, the trust will always hold an exceptionally special place in my heart um but like you say as well Steve I'm in Dubai it's not like I can attend. Board board meetings. So even if I was um, on the board, I, I wouldn't last very long on it because it's not like that. And just especially now, I can't just hop on a plane back in Newcastle because there's no bloody flights in Newcastle for me at the minute. Um yeah. But that's not to say this, we don't connect with the trust. I mean, I, I, it was very good to have a chat with Alex through the week. Yeah. Um, and and because what I what I'm fearful of is because I'm a gob shape because I pretty much like you guys been there, done it and got the T-shirt, is once I start talking in an environment like that, what I don't want to sound like is the daft old bugger who's giving all the advice and telling people what to do. Um, I'm pretty firm on my opinions about how it should function and what role it should play. Um, do I agree with everything? Absolutely not. Um, but there's room for to still be involved with something and yet disagree. That's life. Um, as long as it's healthy honest and open and frank debate there's, there's never a problem with that from me um, but what I certainly don't want to be doing is saying oh well they should be doing this and sitting, sitting being critical because you know what it is and, and we've all had a little bit of this um, it's really easy to, for people to sit back and criticise and snipe it's the easiest thing in the world to do um, because what they're doing is they're just sniping without a solution don't bring me problems bring me solutions to the problems um, and get involved and shape it in, in every way you can, you know. And, and f- from my point of view, also, if I'm sitting being critical about what people are doing, it, it, it I'm what six thousand miles away. I could be quite horrible and offensive. And so what? You know, yeah. it's not like somebody's going to rock up on my doorstep and, <laughs> and, and and what have you. Um, but that's not not how the the, the you know it, I, I, to be to say that I don't. Want to get involved? It, it, it's that's that's not the not the point at all. Um, there's, a, there's an absolute role for the trust and it needs it, mate. You know, and a strong trust is so so important. It should be a, a vital vital thing to be the club's most critical friend.
0: I don't want to dwell on this too much, Steve. So you know, I think Neil's answered it. You know, in yeah. a nutshell there. But I still want to give you a, a, you know a chance to answer the question. So, same question to you, really. It's just, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, it, it, it appears that you don't want to be too involved. You know, just, just give your you know, view on that.
1: Uh, I, think, I think, you know, you can be involved uh, in a number of different ways. You can be supportive. You can, you can be involved from the outside. You don't have to be part of a specific group of people. And, and as Neil said, we did our, we did our yards uh, back in 2008, you know, um, and, and, and carried on. Uh, you know, we set the thing up, we, we're part of NUSC and part of, part of setting up the trust. The trust is different, slightly different beast now. It's a lot more political. Um, it's it's obviously a lot more aligned to the FSA uh, than it was, which is a different beast than it was when we were giving talks in, in, in London uh, in 2010 during the World Cup to members of the FSA. Um, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's a thing for younger, it's a thing for younger lads with a lot of more energy than than the likes of I've got. I think, to be perfectly honest, um, and they're doing a good job. They're doing a very very good job. Alex is doing a good job as chair. Greg Tomlinson's doing a very good job. Um, so the rest of the team, um, there's only six or seven of them on the board, um, and you know they 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 know what they they know what they're about. They've got the connections that they're trying to put forward, and uh, you know. Good luck to them. They're doing it the right, the way that they want to do it, which they feels the right way. And that's good. Yeah. I hope we haven't, you know, you
0: know, we don't want to drag it on too much. You've answered the question. I hope we've answered your question. I can't remember who asked it now. Spenny Mag will come to you. A lot of questions about uh, Richard Keyes tonight. Uh, <laughs> Richard Keyes has uh, apparently uh, been deleting. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently he's been deleting tweets. I mean, is it you know? And some people have took the screens here, you know, screen sa- screenshots, and screensavers of them. Uh, what do you think?
4: Well, to my mate's favorite person, Stewart's favorite person, Griller Gloves, isn't he? But like yeah. I said, it's um, just showing it's something's going on there because he's either been told to stop doing what he's doing, or there's some court case going on, like I've already mentioned. And he's yeah. got he's, unfriendin- he's unfollowing people. He's saying he's got friends with and all. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, it's
0: it, it it's been interesting to see him his, his comments throughout the whole thing though, hasn't it?
4: Yes, it is. It's just I don't know whether he's trying to get himself back into our television sort of thing, Sky back on or ITV, get his job back over here. The way he's going on using our club, if you know yeah. what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. to see him actually deleting tweets, I, I I think that's quite I think that's quite interesting. We'll, yeah, we'll watch it that does, with exactly. interest. Yeah, it is. It is, Mitch. Two st- I just want to answer a quick question before I come to you on this, Mitch. Chris is, Chris is mentioning here about the, uh, the petition. Um, uh, Chris, it's not really about the petition as such. I know where you're coming from with this government petition. But to be honest, Chris, this is a numbers game. And this is about getting the publicity and the PR and about getting it, you know, getting it you know, looked at by the right people. And the letters to MPs has been the key. Um, to hear MPs and CMPs MPs come out and say my inbox has been inundated by Newcastle fans. Twenty, you know, twenty eight MPs coming out now and saying that they've been inundated. Uh, Boris Johnson now coming, you know, being, it's revealed now he's he's replied to four people, I think it is, and that's now headline news. This is getting bigger and bigger, and I think hundred thousand will only help will only help that cause. So that you know, just just wanted to get you on that. Yeah. Mitch, coming to you on Richard Keys, then Mitch on on Richard Keys. Well, I mean. You know, been interesting to watch him all the way through this, but now he's deleting tweets.
5: Why delete the tweets? The, that these kind of things are they sort of stink. You know, it's it, it's a, it, it's almost like a guilty act. Like why and who's telling you to do that? And why are you doing that? Because you're doing it under instruction. Quite absolutely clearly, you're doing it under instruction. It's comes back to roughed, it? Well, it comes back to something though that you know we've said on here a few times, and I know our, took a little bit of stick for it um, on social media about Richard Keys' relevance. Um, and he isn't relevant to you guys in the UK, really. He just isn't. He's, he's long gone from Sky, long yeah. gone from Talksport. He's not relevant to you. He is relevant, very, very relevant in this region because he's the, he's the English lead voice in the region on the television company that has the rights for this region. And beyond, you know, the the, the feed that involves him goes out and be in in other geographic areas as well other than the US, I think. Um, And so he covers a big geographical area. His words out here sometimes are taken as gospel uh, without any question, no hard comebacks at all. And so this, when I was seeing, and we've seen through this, the kind of rule he has being sports are in financial trouble now. They'll they'll tell you that that's because it's because of piracy. Um, it's not. Yes, piracy serious and it probably has hit them in certain way, um, but it's not the, the to the level that they would love you to believe. They're jettisoning jobs left, right, and centre. I think they've let another 350 people go in the last last month. Um, they're losing rights that they are no longer the. The, the, the regional powerhouse for all the sport and rights that there, there have been, they've lost the F one. I think they're going to lose the Motor GP next year. Um, so things are suddenly starting to disappear in, in, from them. Um, so yeah, maybe Keys is setting himself up to try and come back because maybe he knows he's on borrowed time. Because yeah, because he would be one of the you'd be one of the biggest wage earners there, and so you know their their football rights end in another eighteen months or so. So, um, you know, maybe that's what he's trying to do now. He's now trying to ingratiate himself back into the UK scene and hope that enough time has elapsed that everybody will forget about his misdemeanours and his banter.
0: Steve, <laughs> hey, Steve. um Richard, Richard, uh, Richard Keys has come out and he's been talking about Gary Hoffman. Of course, Hoffman's a name which, you know, hadn't really come out into the public domain until recently. We've all been focused on Masters, but Hoffman is incoming and, uh, you know, he seems to be friends with a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a story going round that they went to school together. Um, Keys has certainly confirmed that they used to go at the match together. You know, uh, I think it was uh, when the when the appointment was made, Keys actually announced it on uh, on BN Sports uh, because he was asked the question. Uh, well, he was he was adv- telling people on BN Sports that uh, that Hoffman had got the job, a new chairman in the Premier League, and. Um, Straight away, Andy Kay's Andy Andy um, Andy Gray said, "Oh, he's a friend of yours. You're a very very good friend." And then he he elaborated, which we've, we've probably seen written in a number of newspapers subsequently. Um, getting back to Hoffman, I mean Hoffman was uh, working for Barclays Card, you know, which is a branch of Barclays. He he, he, he rose up the ranks there. He'd been a, he'd been in Barclays and moved up the ranks of Barclays Card. Um, he then went. He he was he was given the job post the collapse of. Northern Rock, uh, and he took on an executive role there. Uh, the role he had was when, you know, when they split the bad bank and the good bank up. And I think there's a lot of people out there think that, that well, the bad bank was actually the good bank. Uh, but we'll not go into the history of, of, of what's a good and what's a bad bank. But he was certainly involved in the, in the separation and the, the build-up of the, of the portfolio, if you like, to make it available to, uh, to Virgin Money. Uh, which it was then subsequently sold to. And then I think he went to work for uh, a building society um, and obviously suddenly headhunted um, by the Premier League to take on the executive role in June. Now, it just so happens that, you know, when we hear um, from uh, Amanda and I interview with George Culkin in The Athletic a couple of weeks, well, last weekend, um, that everything seemed to be sweetness and light on the takeover. In terms of what they'd been advised by the Premier League um, to carry on with their with their, with their deal and you know keep talking and and keep sending the documentation and signing up and the, the rights and you know everything seemed to be fine and then it all ended in the in in June at the same time as Hoffman took up the job at the same time as Hoffman who was the best friend of Richard Keyes, who had already been shouting his mouth off about piracy. And who actually stated on BN Sports that now that this man's in charge, the Premier League should get a hold of the piracy aspect. And no wonder where conspiracy theories start. Sometimes these conspiracy theories aren't conspiracy theories at all. They're facts. And, um, and, and it reading between the lines rather than conspiring to create a, a situation. So that's Gary Hoffman in a nutshell. He's
4: yeah, good him, like yeah, him like, is
1: Steve is good,
0: yeah, he gets people people motivated, he had a hell of a week last week, Kenny Wharton sits on the bull says, why don't the Rubens go solo, I think we heard that uh, tonight on the the NUST Zoom uh, conference, this is a deal which is still active so the you know the PIF, the Rubens and PCP are all still hoping and trying obviously to get this through and um, obviously fan intervention is playing a big part. so you know will they come back if it all collapsed and PIF walked away? Who knows? They're rich enough to do it, but you know, at the moment, this is the only this is the only sale in town. A lot of people asking about Michael Chopra. Um, he was supposed to be on the show last week, but uh, obviously he's come out and tweeted that uh, you know there could be another show in town. I think, or uh, something along those words. So we will be interesting to see what he what he comes back with when we do get him on. Um, Boris Johnson. Yeah, I mean, look, this is interesting, Spenny Mag. Boris Johnson is. Uh, obviously the Prime Minister of the country, did you think the takeover would get to,
4: to, to 10 Downing Street? Did you think
0: would end up in this situation where he would be commenting on it?
4: I did, but I don't think the premiership did. I don't think they knew what they were taking on, how passionate our fans were, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Has
0: it, has, it has it surprised you how well people have linked up? I mean, you know, there's been a lot of negativity, you know, for years among supporters, groups, but has I, it surprised you how easily everyone's connected over the last few weeks over this?
4: I think it's been brilliant, like, how, they've all, how we've all joined together just for one cause. You know what I mean? we I mean, now in yeah. Newcastle United. When we had Ashley, some liked them, some didn't. and we like, these players, we didn't like it. All it was was arguments. Not now, everybody's backing each other up. Which yeah. I think it's good. For the club and for the owners the hopefully the owners coming in. Yeah.
1: I think what's I think what's interesting, Steve, is that we've got uh, there's a political momentum on the move and we've got we've got local Labour MPs and we've got local Tory MPs who are all talking about Newcastle United. Now there's gonna reach a point when the talking has to end and the action has to start. And it'll be interesting to see how active those MPs are going to be. When the pressure continues, if this takeover doesn't happen, and whether the, whether they are going to sort of, you know, really move on the Premier League in terms of everything that they're saying, you know, yes, we want clarity. Yes, we want we want to see. You know, we want we think the Premier League should be a lot more transparent, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. The Premier League is a cartel. Let's not let's not you know say too. To any anything other than it's run by 20 people, 20 clubs, and it has a it has a, an executive board that does whatever those 20 say on a 14 to 6 majority. Now, if they're going to start to restrict trade on other com- on other companies, um on on people within that group, and they're going to start rounding and and, and fighting each other in that respect, um they're going to suddenly find themselves caught them in an awful lot of of legal ramifications because people are now examining them. People are now looking at them and you've got parliamentarians looking at them. But the important thing from my perspective is will those parliamentarians put their money where their mouth is? Because there's been plenty of them this week that are doing it during the holidays. When it gets to September and they're back in parliament, then let's see how many are going to support the the um the the particular parliamentary group who's responsible for it or how many are suddenly gonna slip back into the corridors of parliament and forget about Newcastle United and forget about the Premier League. That's the that's the nut of what the Trust and all the other organisations who are chasing them and the press by the way, especially the press have now got to make sure that they are going to hammer these guys if these guys step out the line and don't do what they've been telling us over the last week since we had the rant, or I had the rant last week about, about it, you know? Because I will have another rant, I can tell you.
0: <laughs> well, some journalists will. Some some of them will be uh, continuing to report that Henry Morris is a genuine bid. Go on, Spanny Mag, yeah.
4: I'm just saying that Pete Graves is just uh, tweeting there, Find out in the email of someone, of the Boris one, what he said about in the email and he's getting an email back of him and he's going to put it on Sky Sports News tomorrow. He said thanks oh. to you as well, they've dealt them out.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, look, I, I, I want to say before get to Mitch again, um, you know, the, the Sky Sports thing's really irked me today because we seem to have a fan base sometimes on Twitter who just like to attack people for no reason whatsoever. And Keith Downey and, you know, Pete Graves do a hell of a lot for, for Newcastle United. Uh, you know, Pete's been a, a Newcastle fan, you know, all his life. And, you know, they are tied by contract, but they do their best. And for people to slag them off and say that it's, it's you know, biased and, you know, that it's a London agenda and this, that and the other, you couldn't get further from the truth. And that, you know, I, I tell you now, it does actually hurt Pete Graves when people go on like that. You know what I mean? I've had a few windups with Pete on Twitter, but, you know, they do their best. And I picked the phone up to Keith Downey when he, you know, you know, at the start of the week and said, you know there's going to be this there's going to be that there's going to be a petition there's going to be letters to mps are you interested in helping let, get it out there and he said yes i'll sort it out and he did he did it straight away so look you know people saying that my stuff's been edited it was a 10-minute interview. They can't give 10 minutes of, you know, an hour's coverage to Steve Wraith. So what they do is they split it up through the day. And that's what they've done. And, you know, there was a there was a period between 11 and 1 where, you know, they put different segments on. I believe now, you know, as we're on air night, there's different bits going out. I'm getting text messages and messages on social media, people saying, well said, this, that, and the other. Uh, some people who are sitting watching Sky News all day, some people working from home are saying it's different stuff that was on earlier. So, you know give them you know give the lads a break they've they've, they've backed the cause as best they can and they've they've given us a right to reply that's all you can
1: ask for so you know you know the lads do deserve a bit of you know a, a praise They do and, and keith keith's been up to the keith's been up and he's reported on the food bank uh, he was up there with san maximum and we had a good chat with him you know and he chatted to the staff he's a good lad genuine genuine good lad and and peace uh Anyone who drinks the strawberry'll have bumped into him in the strawberry at some point or other, and he's always been pleasant. He's always chatted after a game. I've seen him in inside the ground, um, you know, with his family. He's a genuine black and white, you know. So don't have a pop at him just because you don't like what is being, you know, what he's having to report on. Because that's what he's doing. He's re- he's reporting. He's not giving opinion. He's reporting on what what's been handed in front of him, you know. Yeah, good stuff.
0: Raymond uh, Sitch uh, has got a question here, Mitch. So we'll go to you with this one. A question for the night: Why is Ashley not come out and made a personal statement via Sky or his preferred press about Stoll takeover? Or is this a good sign and talks are going on in the background?
5: Um, I personally take it as a good sign. He's not come out and criticised anybody. He's not fired any bullets anyway. In fact, you know the only thing he seems to be talking about: Henry Maurice. Uh. and 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 that's because I believe not believe either that the Henry Maurice bid has is is been a stalking horse that he's been aware of all along and is using uh, to pressurise the, the Premier League, to pressurise the, the whole situation. Um, or is he just calling them out because he, he knows some of the people who are working with Maurice. We know he's met Maurice. We know he met, he met Maurice in Miami. Um, we know through the, the you know, was released that one of the one of the guys involved in the deal used to work with them um, with Mike Ashley at Sports Direct. We also know that the the, the other middleman involved is somebody that me and Steve know and have come across before. You um, other takeover bids over the last few few years, particularly with Binzai Group, um, and he's also done work with Ashley as well. Um, and and he's only ever sold, um, sold to Ashley, I believe, never bought from. Uh, and that's, this guy believes he can do the deal and our guy in London believes he can't um Interesting. and 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 that we um are aware certainly that he doesn't have the money mm-hmm. to buy the club and if he if he does scrape the money together to buy it he won't have anything to invest because again let's put some figures on there 350 is the quoted price they're allegedly buying it for so 50 million more than <laughs> PCP PC, show, PAF Rubens are buying it for. Um, and you then need probably to take that up to 700 million to invest and grow the club. Minimum. Minimum. And that, this is, these are figures we've been spouting out openly long before we started doing these shows. We've been talking about, go through my tweets. I don't delete tweets. Um, I'm sure I've got one out there about 700, the magic 700 million markers. That's how much cash you need to buy and develop the United to get what challenging for Europe, not just Champions League, just, just Europa League. Um, and so it, it, it's... It, 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 that's the only person that he seems to be talking about. He's not talking about yep. anything else. Now, we are aware behind the scenes of other things that may be going on. And certainly I take silence on, again, there's no tyre kick that's choked the man, Stevie. That would be an easy one for him to do. He's done it before. Yeah. Um, he's not been critical of Rubens. He's not been critical of PIF. And the, the underlying message seems to be he wants this deal to happen. He's committed to this deal. And so, um, take his silence and seeming in action at the moment is a good thing, I would say.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, have so, it's nearly time to say goodbye to Spenny Mag and bring in uh, <laughs> our next guest. Uh, Spenny Mag, um, I did see Ferryhill Mags. Ask us uh for tea party. Now that's something we did very early early on when we started doing these shows. So it's uh name three people who you would take on on a tea party or a night a night out. Is there any 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 there can be anybody that can be alive or dead, they can be famous, they can be not so famous. Who would you take out on a spenny night out?
4: Uh Robert De Niro. Yeah. Steve Harsons and uh <laughs> The Jodie Dentons.
0: Oh, well, that's brilliant, mate. Eh? <laughs> Robert, Robert De Niro, he's just I'm doing
4: not that. Excuse sure, mind. He ah. won't pay for his drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's,
0: it's an absolute classic. Benny, listen, been an brilliant. absolute pleasure to have you on and uh, we'll definitely get great. you back on, mate. Thanks it's thanks for coming on.
4: It's great what you're doing, by the way, Steve. Thanks very much. Oh, uh, Thanks, mate. Listen,
0: good, good to see you. Keep in touch. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Great yeah, to have hello. Spenny Mag on. Great to have fans on, and um, yeah, we you know, hopefully have uh, Sab Mondo joining us very shortly. Uh, she usually joins us for the uh, for the last hour. Uh, yes, in fact, here she comes. Um, I just had the stream. Good evening, Sab. Hello. You all Hi, right? Chef.
6: Yeah, I'm all right. Are
0: you? Yes, very good. Uh, and we're also going to be joined by Nathan for the next half hour. Nathan was on the uh, fans forum uh, a little bit earlier on. Good evening, Nathan.
7: Hi guys. Hi Sab. You all right?
0: Yeah all right, Yeah. Hi Nathan. Yep. Good to have you on. So as always, plenty, plenty to talk about. Um, let's let's go with this one. How come we um, never have a transfer budget season after season, constantly outspent by rivals and even smaller clubs? Uh, Sav, I'm going to come to you about transfers and that because. We're getting waylaid in, in you know takeover business again, um, but obviously the dates are out now for, for essentially the you know the players to come back into training. It's going to be on the fifteenth of August. Um, you know, we're not really seeing a great deal about players coming in. Is that concerning for you?
6: It is a little bit because you're seeing like the other clubs. There's news coming up with them, and there's literally nothing with us. Like I said earlier, I noticed um, Matty Longstaff and Lazaro. They've re- they've removed the NUFc off their bios everywhere, so they're not com- coming back. Obviously, so where does that sort of leave us? There's just no news anywhere.
0: Yeah, it is a bit disappointing. I mean, I was speaking to a couple of the press lads today and uh, no news at all. But it looks like loan, loan incomings only, which would <clears> be a bit of a disappointment. Nathan, good evening, mate. You you were obviously on the fans forum tonight as part of the uh, the NUST fans forum. I know you wanted to come on specifically uh, and make a couple of points. But first of all, how did you think that went before you come on to what you want to bring up tonight?
7: Um, yeah, I think it was really interesting to to hear like what everyone's thoughts are on it. Um, it just shows like the power of our fan base really coming together like that on a, especially, you know, like, half past five on a Friday evening. It's not what not what a lot of people want to be doing, is it? But it just shows how passionate everyone is, uh, you know, about about this takeover and about our club. Um, I thought there were some really good points raised. I think the issue with it really is a lot of us are just sort of what It's all guesswork, a lot of it, isn't it? A lot of us are kind of, it's all shots in the dark, really, because a, a lot of us, you know, none of us really know what, is going on and that's what I tried to sort of raise at the the fans forum to try and get some sort of answers and some action on that but you know I think it's a lot of people don't really know what's going on and we don't have those answers but you know I think as as a union coming together like that it's the best way for us to go about getting them.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, look, it's a great start. The fans are getting behind, you know, You know the, the trust initiatives. And I think it's important to remember as well that there are other fans organisations trying to do stuff and trying to push stuff out there. And, and there'll be some stuff that the trust simply can't do. And I think that's very important. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's good to see the fans united and, you um, you know, hopefully that, that continues. Uh, did you, I think you probably wanted another couple of points to make tonight, didn't you? That's why I wanted to come on. So what else did you want to talk about, Nathan?
7: Yeah, I think I, I was the first one on asking questions, I don't know if anyone, I am on the webcam on at the time, so you ought to recognise yeah. me. Um, yeah, like, I asked, the what I asked was, because um, obviously we've, we've heard about the consortium being, you know, like committed to the deal, but, and whilst we've had sort of contact from Amanda to... And the likes of yourselves and the likes of and george and and the and the union and the and the supporters trust, we need to kind of know what the words committed to the deal means really. Are they committed to the deal in the sense that they're actively working on it still, as in like perhaps restructuring the deal or you know to make it more favorable to pass a test? or are they committed to the deal in the sense that you know like in an ideal world they'd like to take over the club, but unless sort of our action as fans leads to some kind of radical change and that's as far as they're going to go with it. Obviously, we we don't know the answer, but the, the reason for me joining the trust and the reason for me sort of standing up and speaking today and at the uh, at the town hall was hopefully to push the trust to to ask those questions of the consortium because they ha- they no doubt have those links which they've talked openly about. Um, you know, understandably, we're probably not going to be privy to the ins and outs of whatever the consortium are doing because it's probably part of their grand strategy if they're doing anything at all, but. I feel like we've been in the dark for so long now. It'd you know it'd do us all the world a good one it to hear what to hear if they're actively doing anything on it, right, or just you know sort of seemingly yeah, yeah. for us to do to do something for them.
0: Mitch, what do you think about that? Then give us your give us your opinion after you've uh, had had another sup of the Amstel. Um, uh-huh. what, what, what... What's, what's your view on that? Do you, you, know, do you think that's something that will happen? I mean, are or, or we just going to get these little sound bites that we've had from Amanda? Because obviously they've, they've walked away. We know they've walked away. A lot of people are saying, have they walked away? I saw that tonight on the forum. Mm. Have, have PIF walked away? Yes, they've walked away. Um, was that purely to to do this? Because, you know, the, the, they're all signed NDAs. Now they can come out and openly say what the issue is. And then fan pressure hopefully leads to, uh, you know, the Premier League... Redressing this and, and, and maybe changing their mind.
5: And, and, and this is why, when I get asked by people, um, you know, is it back on? When's everything going to happen? Yeah. Don't, don't look at the timeline. I think this is a long game
3: mm-hmm.
5: um, because, because <clears throat> the situation they've been put in is <clears throat> rid- ridiculous and unacceptable. Yeah. Really. Um, shows the cartel like behavior of the Premier League. Um, Certainly, we, us three have chatted privately about this, about legal ways that people could go about getting this. And you're talking about something as big as Bosman, almost. Something that could impact the game in a way that um, could change the face of the game again during during the time where there's immense financial pressure on the game. League One and League Two were voted for wage caps next season. And we're talking about transfers and transfer windows. At a time when clubs are voting in favour of wage caps, do you think there's going to be much transfer activity during this this transfer window? Because I think it's going to be a very unusual transfer window, very unusual time for football. And uh, it's not a grand sequel, it's an Amiga, by the way. Um... <laughs> um um, and uh, it, it's a very strange time for the game altogether, and yeah. so we have this. Then have this other strata of a takeover that was placed into a bizarre Mexican standoff, and allowed to allowed by the Premier League to do this. Um, and so, um, yes, now now the. the "Quote unquote," have walked away. They can actually start to to talk because one of the only places it seemed that no leaks to press or anywhere that was coming from was from the buyer side. Yeah. Well, that people seem to be free to chat, and so now things can be come out a little bit more in the open. They can actually bring us into play, mm-hmm. and we, the, as a fan base, we could be the trump card. We could be the we could be the the, the key decision. That will, you know, or the, the key element to bring pressure to take a, take a decision in a different way or to actually make a decision. Then I think this is really important.
0: Yeah, Steve, same to you. Just about Nathan's uh, question there is, I, I mean, get a lot of comments as well. A lot of people do see
1: this as a power play, you know, very clever tactics by the consortium. It could be. It could well be. I mean, I, I agree <laughs> In, in the very fact that everything <coughs> and I think it played out today in a, in an article I just or yesterday today with 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 a press man who wrote an article in the in his newspaper and then announced that well he didn't want to talk about it on Twitter after putting it on Twitter. And then when you when you actually extrapolated and looked at it you thought well you're not actually saying anything, but you're speculating, and you're doing the very, very <laughs> things that we are, we are accusing people on 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 Twitter of doing. You know, the, the, we're, we're probably going back to the old nobody knows what's going on, and I'm convinced that the that the that the, the sellers weren't would were so playing it by the book that they wouldn't have dared leak anything in, in the manner that's being implied by certain people in the press at the moment. Um, oh, I saw an article what mid, midweek in a fanzine where it, was actually, it actually stated names of people in the Premier League who had been briefing the press. And so that means that somebody in the press told somebody that this particular individual was briefing them. Yeah. And yet, you'll get the press guys who tell you, I can't talk about my source. Well, they can if they want, and they can if yeah. they trust people to do it to keep it quiet. Um,
5: and, and, and it's the name we expected as well, Steve, it isn't is, it?
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly, Neil. Um, wh- where, we're, where we're going with it, I, I, honestly, and I, I, feel for, I feel for lads like Nathan because that they're, they're, they're desperate, uh, desperate to know, Sal's desperate to know um what where we actually stand on this you know and i think the people don't realize that the fans are intelligent the fans are articulate the fans are are out there far far more articulate than than neil and myself we just happen to be you know being given an opportunity to talk but there's plenty people out there who can can you know i was going to say that could sell sand arabs but you know i want to sell a football club to an arab you know that's what we're looking for be <laughs> quite frankly um, and you know the, we don't as football fans we don't get the benefit of the doubt we, we never have as football fans we've never got had the benefit of the doubt we're always criticised we got criticised in the 80s we got criticised for football hooliganism in the 70s we got people got locked up in the 80s we got fenced in in the 80s and so it's carried on and there's this perception about football fans and that's why I go back to what I said originally about the politicians, because, you know, the money, they've got to put their money where their mouth is and they've got to support and start batting football fans. Sav, same to you, really. Um, your take on,
0: on Nathan's, you know, point there the night. I mean, it's, you know, I just, you know, I, I believe it's just been a, a very clever move by the consortium. Whether it works, who knows? But what, what's your view on, on what's happened?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, it is that, you know, have they done it as a sort of a move to try and move it forward? Because it wasn't going anywhere. Um, you know, it's it's a really difficult one to call because then like Amanda Staveley's sort of statement tonight could have been sort of like construed as a, you know, thanks very much sort of line underneath it all. But then I don't, you, you don't know because, you know, you're seeing bits from little bits coming out here and there. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the Amanda thing—it's funny because I didn't pick it up that way, but you're not the only person who has. I know there's a lot of people said it looks like a farewell goodbye thing, but Mm. you know, you know, I can understand people thinking that. You know what I mean? I think when you look at it, you know, look at the, you know, the rest of it. I, I just genuinely think it's uh, just been a very, very, a very shrewd move, a very clever move. What did you make of Amanda's uh, statement, Nathan? Did you, did you take it as a, a farewell statement, like a few have?
7: Uh, i i didn't but it was it didn't sort of when they when they announced at the start of the show that they had um a statement from amanda and they were going to read it out i thought it was going to be a lot more sort of you know a lot clearer than and shed some light on on what's going on um it was just just to kind of blanket you know thank you and, and appreciation but i mean on one hand it's nice to hear that you know she's grateful for for, for what we're up to and what we're doing but i, I don't know I'd, i i don't know if she'd does truly understand how we've lived and breathed this for, you know, for the last, and it goes beyond this takeover and every subsequent one. You know, before that, um, I didn't feel like it added a lot of clarity to the situation. I think it was a perhaps a missed opportunity to do so. But at the same time, I, I'm not going to complain at having some correspondence from it because you know that's in itself as, as much as we've had from from Ashley in 13 years. So I guess uh, beggars can't be choosers, can they? So.
0: No, definitely not. Uh, Spenny, Mag send us, Spenny Mag has sent us the, the letter from Boris. I had actually seen this, but for those of you watching who possibly haven't seen this on social media, I'll read it. It's quite short. But it was a letter from Boris Johnson to uh, somebody in his constituency. He said, Thank you for contacting me about Newcastle United and the public investment fund to Saudi Arabia. It is my understanding that a proposed takeover bid for Newcastle United football club involving Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has been withdrawn. I appreciate that many Newcastle fans were hoping this takeover bid bed would we'll go ahead and could understand their sense of disappointment. This was entirely a matter for the parties concerned, with no involvement from government ministers, uh, who did not hold any discussions with sports national governing bodies or sports right holders on the potential sale of Newcastle United Football Club. Any sale is a matter for the interested parties and for the Premier League to assess under its owner and director's test. I have seen the recent emails sent to Newcastle fans from the independent football ombudsman, and I agree with their conclusion that the Premier League should make a statement on this case. I am pleased that the ombudsman is committed to advising the Premier League to provide a statement and there must be clarity on why there is a significant delay in decision being made and on the reasons why the consortium decided to withdraw their bid. Thank you again for taking the time to contact me. Yours sincerely, Boris Johnson, MP. So that was the letter that was sent back to somebody in his constituency, which he's kindly shared with the the, uh, the trust and they put that out, which is, you know, well, they put out that they've been contacts and, and took a line from it. So that's great. Good, good publicity and I think ultimately from our perspective it's it's good to see you know that you know the pressure is, is starting to work and we'll keep saying it the petition is there for everybody to sign um, it takes 2 minutes to do it uh, and if you can get that petition signed i am convinced that if we get that over to you know 100,000 you know before the weekend is out then you know genuinely speaking um, i think that that will have a major major part to play and will crank up the pressure it's currently at 94,780 now so you know as each second ticks by more and more people are signing us. um Mitch again you know let's take it back to football um you know we're talking a little bit about uh, transfers etc and there's very little you know very little going on um you know can you see any can you see any major moves in this transfer window or do you think it's literally going to be loan buys because of the situation we're in
5: i think that the situation dictates it's going to be minimal spend it's going to be free agents and it's going to be loans yeah, uh, and I think that's all that'll be sanctioned um, because let's face it because of, because of the Premier League sticking 17 weeks onto the takeover we've been put in a situation where um, we've been unable to plan the owner's been expecting not to be in post by the start of the next season that's why we've got um, Blanket selections. It's why we've got, um, you know, all these things that he he's probably done because he's had to do Mm -hmm. renewing sponsorships, renewing kits, renewing this, that, the other, because that's what happens when a football club has business ongoing. He's not wanted to do because he, you know, we we very clearly were told by more than one person he'd washed his hands of the club. He didn't want to be here. And so he's not going to stick £30 million, £40 million pound in, the, in the transfer budget. I think we're at the end. I think we're, we're, we're going to see free agent moves, and I hope that hope clever ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in loans, which, um, yeah, it, it doesn't bode well, really. It, it, we're sort of still in limbo as a result of this. The entire amount was still in limbo.
0: Yeah, we are, Steve. I mean, a lot of a lot of negativity, I think, from a lot of supporters, uh, just about you know the incomings. I, I don't think people are very excited about it. I don't think people are expecting a great deal.
1: No, I I, I think you're right. I think, and it's understandable because I think there's been, you know, the, the, there's been a silence from the football club since March. You know, and yeah. we we would have anticipated that we would have heard an awful lot more. Uh, the lockdown. People still can talk during the lockdown except that you're cast united. Um and we, we decide to shut up shop. What's interesting is because they've always said for what the last eight years or more that they work on a they work on a on a transfer plan that involves them looking two, three transfer markets ahead. And that means that the guys that 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 are targeting the near mark. They've had targeted and have been watching for the last three or four breaks, the last three or four transfer windows. Um, and that's been that was the strategy. They talked about it at the fans forum. Um many, many times. It was discussed, you know, we have a plan. We look at we identify players sometimes three windows ahead that we're looking for to, for to develop, which always said to me that, that the manager had very little to do with. Uh, what goes on at Newcastle United in terms of who they're going to bring in, uh, who they want to bring in? I think that was probably it. Only changed during Rafa's time, just because we got relegated and Rafa desperately wanted us to get up. And and I just feel as though we we are we are managed by people who don't know football. We are managed, we, you know, we are we are run and we're dictated to by people. Who are more looking and I understand that you can 't if you haven 't got the budget that you can 't go out and spend forty million on Nathan Atty, for example, you know um or be involved in a hundred million pound bid um and beyond for for Jaden Sancho, but you cast united over the last what four transfer windows other than the Joe Linton situation. Nobody's telling me that Joe Linton was spotted three windows ago and identified you know for example I shouldn't I shouldn't have mentioned Joe Linton Steve because I'm gonna set you off again you know you're gonna you're, you're, your headphones are gonna be torn apart you're gonna have to go and buy another headset soon aren't you I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you're just gonna be you're just gonna be doing that you know when because I, I mentioned his name again I mean it was the only person that 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 reacts more differently to you when I mentioned Joe Linton is probably Superma isn't it yeah <laughs> Frankly, you know, but <clears throat> you know, I, I've never seen anyone. I'm hearing ridiculous names mentioned. But even the press, the press seem to be. The Premier League. There's there's another example. The Premier League have have, have spouted out for the last fortnight uh, stories about 19 football clubs in the Premier League. I've never. There hasn't been anything put out by them about Newcastle United. Mm. What yeah. the hell? You know? Are we? Are we, are we <laughs> The press aren't talking about who are coming in, and if they are, they're talking about ridiculous things, absolutely ridiculous things, messy and rubbish like that. You know, you know, Ronaldo's grandma. I don't know. God, it's it's getting getting beyond a joke. You know, when the when it got to that, now it's bog and basement and 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 below. You know, ah, gobsmack with it, man, Steve. Salve
0: this one to you, Joe, Joe Linton. Now you've done it, Steve. Now we're getting inundated with Joe Linton questions. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry do you think sending Joel Linton out on loan to a Championship side may help boost his confidence in scoring goals in English football? Maybe the two can get someone to be an on loan that can score goals. Sav, I'll put that to you first, Joel Linton.
6: I mean, I'm all up for getting him out of the way for a while. You know, he's—I don't, I don't—I I had real high hopes for him at the restart. I felt a bit sorry for him; he'd copped a load of slack, and I thought, you know what, he's had a break. He's got over, you know, all the comments on his photos and his things. And he's going to come back stronger. And I thought for a minute that he was, and he's just not. I don't. I don't know what you do with him. How on earth did we spend forty million on him? That's a joke. Who was looking at him?
0: Yeah, I know. Absolutely crazy. Well, definitely.
6: Um, well, Joe, Joe, Linton. Joe
0: Linton. didn't do very well in the FA Cup against lower league opposition either. That has to be that has to be remembered. Um, Nathan, I'm sure you saw that that people saying um, Scott Crom thinks you look like Professor Green. You, you could get compared to worse people. what What's your view on uh, Joe Linton? I mean, look, we all know the kid. The kid's young. Steve Bruce keeps reminding us he's 23. Like, but uh, I, I, I don't think I was called young when I was 23. But he's look—he's a—he's he's a young lad, shall we say? Um, he's coming to a new country. He's got the—he's got the the weight of a 40 million pound transfer around his neck. We've given him the number nine shirt, which of course is the you know the the biggest shirt at Newcastle United. It always has been. It always will be. Um, will he? You know, will he come good next season? Do you think?
7: I think like the whole signing itself didn't really seem to make any sense. Um, we've heard that it, he was a player that Rafa didn't want but there were people there at the club that wanted him. Like we've talked about the transfer policy of bringing in players. I think the transfer policy pretty much been, in Ashley's time to to bring in players that we'd look to sell on at some point. I mean at that price as well like what we, even if he had hit the ground running he was he was somewhat decent. You're not going to sell a player for much more than that anyway unless they're absolute sort of top elite players. I think in terms of his performance on the pitch, it, it what what you what you can forgive is like if you know if chances got get missed and he's putting himself in the right place to score. If if the goals aren't coming, you can kind of forgive that. But from what I've seen, there's a lot of he just doesn't look in, interested. Like some of the it was in the um, against Oxford in the uh, the FA Cup, like cross has come into the box and you can sort of see him like pretend like sort of half jumping towards it and not like. You know, not putting himself out there, and not putting himself in the in the sort of line of fire, and putting himself even in the position to score. And you can see there was another time when I was watching him. I can't remember what game it was, but he was he was sort of running to, to get the ball from stopping it from from going out of play, and he just looked like he, he just started to slow down, and he like he, he just slowed himself down because he he just wasn't like he, he didn't seem interested. Um, I think that's something that you can't forgive, um, especially wearing the number nine shirt. You want someone who's going to be like really in the faces and and sort of pressing and stuff, but. Yeah, I think, like for me, he just doesn't do enough. But if he, if he was doing, if he was making that effort, then I'm sure the goals would have would have come for him. To be honest, if he was being, you know, like a, a nasty sort of centre forward, because he's big enough too, and there's no reason why he couldn't add that to his game with some work, because he's he's a big lad, and you've seen when the balls get knocked up to him, he can he he can contest it with the ball in the air, and he's not, you know, he's a, he's a big strong lad, but it's it's not 100. He's not giving 100 percent for me, uh, and that's just unforgivable, isn't it? And I, like, I, I was listening to what Malcolm was saying. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before. Um yeah. it does spread through the team, doesn't it? Like if if the if the lads behind him aren't sure that, you know, he's even going to make that run or he's gonna get on the end of a cross and, and they won't play that cross. And that just stifles the play, doesn't it, from back to front. Um, and I think it's that's characterised our season really. It's been a bit of we've looked paralysed at times, haven't we? We look like we've not had an outlet up top and yeah, it's 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 just put a lot of pressure on then put a lot of pressure on the rest mm-hmm. of the team for me.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it, you know it's one of those things that'll go it'll go on and on and I mean if this is the position we're in looking for loan deals and uh, you know Joel Linton is, is going to be staying at the club then uh, it, it is as Jamie says half an hour we're laughing all the way to the bank it's uh, and, and Peter Peter Baker sums up what I tend to think he's rubbish move on please um, I think Steve Michael, Nathan you know. makes go on
5: go on N- Mitch. N- Nathan makes a good point about stri- the striker who. It isn't getting is in, getting into the right positions, but missing the chances. I've got far less of a problem with a striker like that. If he's in the position and then he's not getting the getting the breaks with the first touch, or getting the breaks with it, keep on making blind saves, or he's hitting the post or the bar. If he's in the right place and he's generating the chances, you, you've got far less to worry about. The the problem, the the crux of this is. He, 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 it's not even that he couldn't hit a bloody cow's ass with a banjo. He's not even picking the banjo up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A um, couple, uh, couple of changes, um, uh, you know, obviously with the Premier League having their AGM where they seem to talk about everything apart from Newcastle United. Um, the substitute rule, uh, Steve, um, has changed. Obviously, they brought in the five substitutions for these uh, Project Restart games, but we've gone back to seven on the bench and three substitutes. Is that the right move? Yes.
1: Yes. Definitely, definitely yeah. the right move. Um and, and hopefully do away with the drinks break as well. Yeah, I
0: think they've done away with that as well. Sav, Nathan, are you are you both happy with that? Back to three substitutions. Sav
6: first. Yeah, I think that's the right decision. I think you know it's not going to be as packed on the schedule. I think it's a good call to make that.
0: Yes, and uh, same same question for you, Nathan.
7: Yeah, I think it obviously benefits teams like us because we you know we can't bring on the bench for superstars, can we? When whereas City can, I mean, we can't even bring on. On one superstar, can we? So, yeah, <laughs> benefit for us definitely.
0: Yeah, true. Uh, we'll, we'll put this question out before we bring our next guest in and we'll say goodbye to uh, Nathan because we're going to be bringing uh, Dan Cox and uh, Dan Fox in again. And uh, so, Nathan, I'll start with you. Uh, next season's predictions as we stand, what where do you see us going next season in this current situation, Nathan?
7: Oh, god, I mean, I think it depends on how the next couple of weeks goes in terms of the transfer window. Um, you can you can just see it, can't you? Typical Newcastle, like a late bid coming in for, for St Maxim and he's off, you know. Um, and for me, for last season, um, he was the difference really in, in a lot of our, like we, we lost so many more games when he wasn't playing. We didn't even compete in a lot of the games that, that he wasn't playing in. Um, I think for, for what he did for us, he, he took a lot of pressure off the team in that he can, just literally dribble the ball out of our own half and to take it up the pitch and get the pressure off us at times. I think if we lost him, we'd be we'd be in a real mess. Um, and I can see I can see it happening in Newcastle fashion, but unless of course there's something going on behind the scenes with the takeover, I know we've, we've moved past that. But unless there's something going on behind the scenes whereby those players can't be sold, or you know, then I think it'd be a real a real long slog again. It'd be a long slog of an attractive football again. Um, we'd be lucky to scrape out of out of the, the bottom three because you're going to look at teams like Leeds are going to be coming up and they're going to be full of it. They're going to be up for the fight. They're going to be, you know, chomping at the bit to show everyone why they should be back in the league. Um, and likewise, Fulham. And, you know, I think they're, they're going to be coming up with with a bit of money to spend and they'll be they'll be able to be active in the transfer window, whereas we're, you know, wholly inactive. Um, so I think unless we get something straight in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a difficult season, unfortunately. But that's the way it is.
6: Yeah,
0: Sav, what about you?
6: Do you know what? I think if we play like we played in those last few matches of the season, we'll go down. I mean, I'd like to think... I sound really sad. I'd like to think we could finish somewhere like 14th, you know, if Ashley's still in charge and we're on our minimal budget. That would be, you know. But it's just the same old, same old, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is, sadly. Mitch, what about you? Where, where do you see us going next season?
5: Depends what happens between now and Christmas. yeah you know, what developments happened happen between now and Christmas on all sorts of different fronts. Because um, even if we're struggling come Christmas time and something significant happens in terms of takeover um, at that point, cause if I'm being brutally honest, that's the next waypoint. That's the next significant time for me, because you, you do and can make changes in January. Ashley himself has done it before. Remember that, that uh, January window when they brought um, uh, Sussopo and a few others in because we were struggling. And that made a difference. And so you've got an opportunity in January to make a difference as a new order. Yeah. Um, so it really does for me depend a lot on what happens with him team now Christmas.
1: Steve Hastie? Depends what formation and what system Bruce decides he's going to play and stick to. I think that's 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 going to be key for us. We need to have a system that allows us to play with a little bit more pace. We've got to be quicker. The transitions have got to be quicker. Nathan mentioned Leeds United. Leeds United look fantastic in the in the Championship. But so did Norwich the year before. Um, and for all the enthusiasm, sometimes we can get the better of you. I can only hope that the three clubs that are coming up. Their enthusiasm gets the better and we and we end up seventeenth. Um, that's the way I'm looking at. But Bruce has got to get a system, and he's got to, he's got to sort out his transitional play. He's got to sort out his ability to score goals. Otherwise, we will be in the bottom three.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Nathan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. We've got a couple of other guests to get on before the end of the show tonight. So Nathan, we're sure we'll get you back on again. Thanks and, and well you know, well done tonight, mate. Thank you very much. No
7: problem. Thanks. Have a good chat. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Cheers, mate. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good to have uh, different faces on each week and uh, hearing different viewpoints and uh, people from all over the uh, the country and, and, and of course all over the world. We had uh, an international show on this week with different supporters. It's, uh, it is always good to get people on. We've got a face on from last week who went down well. i got Dan Fox. Welcome, Dan.
8: Hi, everyone. It's all right? Hi,
0: Dan. Yeah, we've got, and we've got a new Hi, face Dan. to the show. We've got the Highland Geordie, who many of you might have seen on uh, Twitter. Hi. Good evening, mate. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show. Here. Welcome to the show. So, yeah, I mean, Dan, I'll come to you first. Obviously, a lot of reaction. You're um, quite emotive stuff last week. Um, just, just about talking to people about the anxiety Newcastle fans have been going through during the last 17 weeks. The effect on mental health. I've been watching your social media this week, mate, and you've had quite a few people reaching out to you. A lot of people, you know, basically saying thank you. And I've seen Sav being quite active as well on this because you know she she's obviously been through quite a bit of abuse over the years on, on Twitter. And uh I just, you know, wanted to bring you back on just really to give us a bit of an update on, on that. And I'll, I'll come to Sav after you as well, just to give her her input on it.
8: It's uh to be honest with you, Steve, it's been uh vastly brilliant. The majority of stuff that I've had has been extremely positive. Um just talking obviously about um certain aspects of the way things have have made we feel. Um I mean Steve Steve see, I seen uh he had a, proper, uh, a good rant last week and it was, uh, it was brilliant to hear. So obviously I reached out to you. We've had a few communications and um, there's been a few letters I've put on lately and I don't know if any years have seen them. Um, I've been in touch with a few high-profile people and uh, we think we'll have something here. So Steve, if you give us give us um, some time, uh, a couple of minutes of your time uh, at some point just to read out a, a statement that uh, this high-profile figure yes. wants us to read out? Um, yes. That that would be great, mate.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. No do you problem. want us to read that's that out cool. now, yeah? Yeah, go for it, go for go for it,
8: yeah, go for it. So in regards to the letter that's been there, uh, it's been interacted with over 80,000 times on Twitter since Wednesday. It's uh, it's absolutely astronomical. Um, the letter everyone seems to be talking about came across as a result of Amanda, Amanda Stavely reaching out to Newcastle fans and asking us to play our part if we want a deal to succeed. I met up with the author today, and he's a mad, passionate Newcastle fan. He's not a lawyer. Why? I can't even say this word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the one. Because he feels he doesn't want recognition, just wants a positive outcome, and it's about us fans coming together rather than one name. He'd rather be a catalyst to make this happen. He loves the club and everything black and white, but was frustrated with uh, with, uh, never properly competing. He's worked in fan groups in the past to make a stand against poor treatment and help generate monies to allow our fans to have their voice. He set the deal when the takeover first came about. It saw him thinking of the unthinkable, only for it to drag on and then disappear. Then those those words that led him to believe the fans had to put up or shut up, or um, be contented with what we have had for years, propelled him to do something. In his business life, he has case managed a com- competition legal case costing tens of millions against alleged cartel activity and he felt you should draft a letter based on his experience and try and mobilise the fan base into reading a letter to Richard Mostas that draws his and our attention as to how wrongly and how badly Newcastle owners, bidders and fans have been treated. He's confident that you can't arrive at the position where you're at without any deliberate intent. The letter was written by him alone and no other person's input to paint a picture to Richard masters that we won't drop this and to the fans to show us all in one how bloody bad it really is. The final encouragement came from the consortium's press statements, convincing him they may have lost the first battle but they hadn't given up in any way of winning the war. Today, he said, it's now our turn to stand up. We need to show the consortium and the world that this is who we we want to own us. We don't want to be told what or who will be good for Newcastle. We are big enough to choose ourselves. So what's next? If the takeover was resurrected and the consortium takes over, money's ready to go to the charity. But we have to prepare for that not happening. But we must be strong and show sure the bidders we are worth waiting for. So with celebrity support, ex-players, MPs and national football supporters from many other clubs, we need to build an opposition in the name of Newcastle fans to fight our corner and win. Today, three of us in the group, including myself, the author and Peter, who has helped spread the word? Our next plan is as follows We grow the, cl- the group to a committee like operation. <clears throat> we open up a donations fund to finance the plan we build. We choose a charity to donate any unused money towards. We establish a strategy and a plan, issue a statement of intent, deliver that plan when the fund achieves its tar- targets needed. We are aware of the support from the petition of many high-profile people and are confident that we will gain additional funding and support along the way. This will be a newcastle fan group action and identified as such. Finally, today we agree that one of the moves we intend in making from the outset will be to write to the highest officers in government, stating the aims after being unfairly wronged. Equally, we intend to write to more to make it clear that a message to the consortium indicating should the table have a pass, then we would bring an end to our challenge.
0: Thank you. OK, so that's an anonymous letter. I'm sure you can stick that up on Twitter I thought, or whether you've already done it. Um, I
8: will God's, be doing it uh, on the podcast, mate.
0: Brilliant, Dan. So that's great. Thanks very much for that. Highland Geordie, I'm going to come to you, mate. Welcome to the show. Um, as always, as a first-time guest, just want to know a little bit about your Newcastle support and history. So where you are from and uh, you know, when did you start supporting <laughs> Newcastle?
9: Uh, well, obviously, obviously, I live up in the Highlands of Scotland just now, so uh, um, that's that's where the accents come from. Uh, I lived uh, in and around Newcastle when I was younger, so uh, I was obsessed from from the minute I got. A, I think it was a Paul Gascoigne top. Someone gave me a family member gave me a Gascoigne top, and that was it. Just my love affair with this mad club just began there, and it's just. And It's bonkers, it's totally bonkers, but we're all, you know, uh, we're all in it together. We, we, at the end of the day, you know, you, you just don't know where it's going Do you. It just, it's up and down, it's, it's up and down. But if you change it, I, I just wouldn't change it for, for the world. I, I can't remember how long it's been since, since I sported them. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's been a big part of my life, the whole life uh, up here. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a far away away from all you guys, but I tell you, like I feel like I'm right here. I feel like I'm in the city with you. I feel like I can feel everything coming from Twitter, coming from just even the, the news reports. I feel like I'm 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 there. You know what I mean? It's it's one of them things. It's a big
0: part of my life. So yeah, that's where it all came from. Good stuff. What you know, what have you made of the? Uh... Uh... What have you made of the last, the last, uh, the last seventeen weeks? I mean, I presume you, suffered just like everybody else, it's been a been a bit of a roller coaster ride.
9: Oh. You know what? It's been it, it's it almost changes by the minute. You, you, one minute, Hamish letter comes out, and the next minute you're crushed, and the next minute something else comes out, and sources say it, it's back on and it's back off it's he's it's just madness it's just it's it's almost become a part of our life now and like like Dan was saying there it's the mental health does take a bit of a hit now and again you know you you do feel yourself you feel yourself being dragged in and then the the disappointment man you know the other day when they when they when they uh, when they left well I'm saying left but uh, when, they, when they dropped out that was I, I, I can't remember the last time I felt so crushed in, in my in my life and in that moment it was just the the most horrendous feeling i've ever had in my life and and like dan was saying as well the mental health i've picked myself up recently and, and and kind of got back on the horse due to the due to the chances of, of, of this takeover possibly maybe being reignited or um, uh, anything like that but It's just madness, isn't it? It's just one day you're up, the next day you're down. and next I just want to see an end,
0: and we all want to see an end. It's just it's madness, isn't it? Yeah, no, it certainly is, mate. But listen, great to have you on. Thanks for uh, asking to come on on to the show. Uh, We're down to the last 20 minutes now, so please give it a... People watching, please give it a like and please give it a a, a share. Um, if you've got if you've got a volume thing on your mic as well, a lot of people are saying they can't really hear you, Highland Geordie. Well, I, I can hear you. But some people are saying if you oh, could yeah. turn it up a, li- a little bit more, that would be great. Uh, Scoop says, too right, Highland Geordie. You are away in the Highlands, but together we are a force. We have a voice, a collective, all colours, creeds and sexes. We need to be uh, need to be heard. But if you can just turn it up a little bit, that would be great." So last twenty minutes, Mitch. Um, Oh, I mean, where do we where do we go with this week? Um, you know, it, it's been another roller coaster, hasn't it? We've we've covered it all through the pandemic. We've you know we've been you know we've been you know been you know up we've been down, and you know what what do you think is going to come in this next week?
5: Who knows? And I think this this is now the there's no NDA to be respected. I tell you what, I really hope. Is the gloves come off? We've had a hint of it, just a hint, in terms of getting us to do our bit, and that's what we've got to focus on this week as a fan base. Focus on the pressure we can bring. Focus on getting that petition signed. Focus on writing to the MPs. Focus on standing. Focus on standing together. Not letting the petty arguments and the the sniping and the the, the catcalling and the. the the, the, the bitching on Twitter and social media to take over. Stand united. We, we've got to keep exposing the, 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 the failings of the process in every way possible. That's what we have to focus on right now. Um, we've got to let the bigger picture play out behind the scenes. I'm quite, consi- quite 100% convinced there's, there's more going on underneath the surface than we realise. Um it's not going to happen before the season starts, so let's let's let that go um and and and, and then the other thing we've got to focus on is as the new season approaches um whoever turns out in a black white shirt on that pitch will focus on supporting that those on because they're they're the poor guys caught in the middle of all of it And it's going to be difficult for the team it's going to be difficult for them with all this going on in the background, to focus on the business of playing football too. Um, so for me, that's all we can do in the next week is focus on the pressure. Focus on the pressure we can bring, exposing the, the, the things like Casey deleting his tweets and all the things which are really suspicious because there's plenty, plenty out there to do. We'll do our bit. I'm quite sure we'll be here yakking away on a Friday. Um, but I would really love... To see a little bit of the gloves come off, probably.
0: A lot of people saying that you'd love to see the gloves come off, Steve, because the thing <laughs> I think people are getting this impression of you that <laughs> you <laughs> like a bit of a fight. Um, you, you know, you, you know, listen, your, your rant was great last week and it was from the heart. And I, people who know you know what you're about, mate. But, um, yeah, do you agree with Mitch that's what we're in for over the next week?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course we are. And you know, there's a fight to be won, that's the way I look at it. You know, and 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 if it needs needs we all uh, to get to get angry, and we need to, you know, to be a force, then that's that's how we we'll go about it. You know, I, I, we've hit, we've hit the MPs. We've heard something from the council. Um, there's the business leaders. There's, there's the North Chamber of Commerce. We could always hit them. There's plenty of people that can hit if that's what we're about. But well, we've got to be doing it collectively. But I think we've also got to be together. And I think we've also, from a, from a personal point of view, I think we've we've got to remember that, you know, I mean, the lads have the lads have said something today that that you know on all the calls that we've got to we've got to think about and how it's affecting us all. And it might not be affecting me in the same way as it's affecting Mitch, or the same way it's affecting you, Steve. You know, we we might be because we we've been involved in this for. An awful long time, you know. It's it's 2008 when we were standing in the Gallagher end, you know, behind the Gallagher, when when we, when we produced the first lot of banners and when we had nice. we had the guy from Sky Sports saying to us, "Oh, uh, come," you know, after after standing, I never forget it. I was just standing there with a banner, which was like wanted for crimes against Newcastle United, and the blo- I was standing there with a banner and I was on my own, and the guy, it was Craig from. Sky Sports goes. You cannot stand here. And I goes, what? He goes, you cannot stand here. Our trucks are here. F, F off. And I went, are you tell F off. He goes, you cannot stand here. Twenty minutes later, when we unfolded the banner, he came over and he went, hello, mate. And on the telly? And I went, F off. <laughs> and you know what? It, it was like a cathartic moment for me because I had the guts to do it. Now I'm hoping, the, I'm hoping we all can hold together, and I'm hoping we can think about. How, how the lads are struggling something you know, how Highland jordan and, and how, how Dan and Sal um, are, are reacting or uh, not reacting in, in the same way as us who have been involved in it for so long because this has you know, been a long, long drawn-out process and I can see how it affects them. And all I'm saying is let's stick together, stick together and support each other. And, you know, if, if, we, if, we, if we hear or see of someone who's struggling, just back them. Just back them up. Just you know, don't have a pop. I, I saw somebody on, on Twitter having a go about to, oh well, you know, mental health, load of rubbish, blah. Like blah, blah. no, no, it's not. It everybody's different and everybody's reacting a different way. But that doesn't mean just because it's not affecting you, it's not affecting them. It's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, and. You know, if we're all in this together, we're all in it for the long term. But We're all in it for, on, on, on every aspect of it, and we all support each other on every aspect of it. That's the way I'm looking at it. Um, is it is it gonna is it gonna is it gonna be a good season? I don't know. Is it has it been a bad season? I'm, I'm, it's it's gone. I'm not that bothered now. You know, um, is this going to be a long drawn out process? I hope not. I really hope not. And I'm hoping that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I'm a, I'm an eternal optimist, though. Um, you know, uh, but don't worry, Dan. Don't worry, Hayden, I might be an eternal optimist, but that doesn't mean to say that I'm not with you. You know, don't worry about it. Sav, what's your view? Um, how do you see how do you see things going?
6: Well, I mean, I agree with Steve, really. Do you know, I think that it's been nice that the majority of the fans on Twitter have been completely united for the past week. And it's been really nice to see. You know, I think I put a tweet out about it last night, you know, about Tyler going down to the Premier League and protesting. And I was seeing some negative stuff about that. And, you know, that's he's passionate. He wants to go and do that. I think he's copped an awful lot of stick over that, and I feel for him. Um, But... I think, you know, a majority, you see all the work. Like Dan, I've been looking at his tweets this week. They've made me feel exhausted just looking at them. You know, the work people are putting in, it's been amazing. Tell you what, inspired
1: me this week.
6: Yeah. yeah. Thanks.
3: You know what it is?
8: That means, a, that, that means a hell of a lot from you as both. Cause it, yeah. it hasn't been it hasn't been easy getting the stick you get for, for trying to support your club and, and trying to do it on behalf of all fans it doesn't matter who you are you're going call me anything you just want I'm still back in Do you know what I mean and and, and like I say the, the, the statement I read out before he's determined to take that the full the full stretch you know so and that's on behalf of yous so that are in this call now and that's on behalf of every fan. That supports Newcastle United. It's not just me. I'm not looking for publicity or anything. What I'm doing is is I've been asked to portray a message, and that's what I'm doing. So if you give me some stick for that, fair enough. Give us some stick. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't uh, like. I don't really care because at this moment in time, it's not affecting us because I'm helping a lot more people than than that are affecting me. So that's yeah. the way it is. So, so thanks to you, too. I appreciate yeah, it. You have
1: done. Yeah. It. You've been a rock. You've been brilliant, mate.
0: Well Thank done. You. Well you. done, Dan. I, Highland Jody, Highland Jody, I wanna bring you back in. So yeah, looking looking forward to this season coming up. It's gonna be coming thick and fast. You know, we're we'll, we we'll kicked back off on the twelfth of September. Um, you know, where's your optimism levels? There's so
9: many variables, isn't there? You you just think is the is the takeover gonna go through? Thought of it not going through and, and getting free transfers and Scrape in that bargain basement bucket. I, I just, I can't, I don't think I can handle another, another year with uh, Joselu type signings. Even though, granted, he's pretty good now in Spain, to be fair. But uh, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't think we've got any chance of surviving next year if we, if if we if we do this again. You know, it, it just feels like we, it does feel like we got lucky this year. Uh, Thirty eight goals and. Thirty-eight games. It's just unridiculously ridiculously poor. Uh, so, if, I mean, if we go in next year with jo, uh, with Joe Linton and and Gail and and and, and, and of that, <coughs> it's just it's not even worth thinking about. It's it, it's actually worrying me thinking about it right now. Are we going to get a <laughs> transfer here and there? <laughs> you know what I mean? T- thirty-five million budget. It's just if that if that's what it is, thirty-five million budget. is that Chelsea, Man City, they're spending that on one player and that player's coming in and making a difference. I just can't think any way we can go with Mike Ashley in charge. Uh, but if the takeover happens, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, guys.
0: Yeah, 100% it is. Um, we're going to put this question to everybody. Mitch, starting with you, I've seen the question come up there before about Hayden. Uh, a lot of people... Pointing to him as a potential captain. The Cells, of course, may miss the start of the season. As we know, he, he underwent uh, a bit of surgery after the season. He's certainly not going to be ready for pre season. Would you give Hayden the captaincy, or do you think Steve Bruce, if he's still in charge, will be the man who, uh, you know, maybe looks towards Shelby, somebody a bit more experienced?
5: I'll tell you the thing about Hayden. He made it clear that for family reasons, he'd rather be uh, away. And yet, in spite of all that, he came and played and did a job, and then more than did a job. And, and if you want the dictionary definition of professional, that's what it is. That's being a professional footballer. Um, and he, he's grown in stature uh, during, during that time. Um, does he deserve the armband? You could pick somebody worse, that's for sure. Um, you know, it, it, I think it depends on how it fits with the dynamic of the team. And who is going to come in and who is going to remain. Um, who's the, who Who are the leaders in the dressing room? And you, you would hope that Steve Bruce has a handle on that. Um, I don't know if he has a handle on that because I don't know if he knows what his best 11 is and what his best formation is. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's the struggle for me, but, but Hayden certainly is, is, seems like a fine individual. Um, and he wouldn't, wouldn't shame the captain's armband.
1: Yeah. Steve, same question to you, mate. Probably the same answer actually. Uh, and I think that last statement that, you know, if, if he was given the armband, he certainly wouldn't shame it. Um, but I do think it goes back to Steve Bruce, and I don't think, I don't think he, he knows. You know, he's had his, he's had a season. I don't think he, he really understands his formation. I don't think he understands his team, um, which means that he probably doesn't understand his leader. And I think we only have the one leader. You know, I don't think there's anyone else in the. There's no one else actually stands out. I mean, somebody just mentioned Richie there. Um, it, he very rarely finishes a game. He didn't under Rafa, and he very well finishes under ga- a game under under Bruce. Um, he's a he's a chatterbox. He's a he's a gob on the pitch, but he's he's more one of these players that riles his his teammates up than than actually sort of like G's them up, you know, because he because of his personality, because he's like a, he goes on the pitch like an angry man, you know, and it's like you know there's he's he's, he's getting rid of all his angst and, and anger on that on the football pitch. And sometimes it needs a, a clear and level head. Um, I, I always thought Lejeune might be, but Lejeune comes over as a very, very quiet lad, you know, from what I see him on the pitch. Yeah, and I agree. I, and I think Lejeune is a is now a totally different player to the one that we had two seasons ago. I think those knee injuries have really, really, you know, really, really hit him. And, you know, he came back very, very quickly. Um, and I don't think he did himself any favours in that respect. I certainly, no, wouldn't have, you know, I certainly wouldn't have Sorry. a goalkeeper as a captain. I can tell you that now. You
8: know. Do you know what do you know what is, Steve? Just as you were saying there, first of all, I was gonna mention Hayden because Hayden comes across as a lad that could that could control the side, but I was also gonna to say to Bravka, but considering you've just said you wouldn't have a goalkeeper as a captain, I'm gonna retract that statement and pretend it was <laughs> never said.
1: <laughs> I think it's the wrong position for a captain, to be perfectly honest, you know. Um yeah. it I think it's just I think it I think that's I think that's you know, half the problem that Tottenham had was that they the, the had the captains. That it, when 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 Kane's not there, they don't have a leader, and then they, so they give it to the captain uh, armband to the to the goalkeeper, and I think that's their downfall. And I'm amazed that Mourinho does that because I thought Mourinho was a little bit more sensible than that. You know, I just don't see a captain as, in a goalkeeper. I think it's totally the wrong position to have someone uh, as captain. He's far too far detached. Goalkeeper shout anyway. They shout and yep. scream. But the shout and scream to keep people away from them, not to tell people what to do. Getting down to
0: the last few minutes, guys. Sav, uh, your your view on Hayden? Do
6: you know what? I want to go against what Steve said. I would have Richie. Do you know what? He's got He's got passion and he's an angry little man. And, you know, I just, I think he makes me laugh when he calls lines, linesmen's wee dicks. You know, I just think that he's got, he's got it in him to be, I was saying this day, actually, to be captain.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, next to you, Dan, go for your 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 views on Hayden as captain. Would you, would you give him the captaincy?
8: That was my first choice, mate. I think he, he comes across as a very intro, influential figure. Um, I think he would be a great captain, but also I've got to remember that it wasn't so long ago that he was wanting to move back down south, so is he the right yeah. person to we'll have at the club to to possibly um, to obviously take on the captaincy? If he stayed, then yeah, go for it, but we need to see.
0: Highland Jody, Jack McCrubbin says Richie's a, uh, an angry Scotsman and every team needs an angry <laughs> Scotsman. Who would you give the captaincy to? Would you give it to Richie? Would you give it to Hayden? Or would you stick with Lascelles?
9: To be honest, I'd stick with Lacelles. Uh, when Lacelles is out of the team, you see the difference he makes when he comes back into the team. Just, the team just seems to be all over the place when, when, when Lascelles is not in there. Richie, for me, I, I love Richie. He is an angry little Scotsman. Yeah, I like that. But at the end of the day, I, I think LaSalle's is probably our only leader. On the I think Hayden's. Hayden's great. He's, he's committed as he's committed as hell. But at the end of the day, he doesn't. He doesn't quite feel it there. And there's something there. You know, I I just doesn't. I don't feel like, like given. The captain's armband is someone who just doesn't feel right at home I know he did, like we said I know he's committed but I just don't feel like he 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 maybe deserves you know that that honor and I think, I think uh, LaSalle's, LaSalle's is the main man for me we've only got one leader I think LaSalle's is the main man I think we need to actually we actually need to buy an experienced leader from another from from wherever it is to come in there and, and just take the burden away from the cells if you can't if he's unfit or he can't play. That's that's my my thoughts anyway, guys.
0: Highland, Jordy, it's uh, all about opinions, mate, and uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot of people uh, agreeing with you. The clock, once again, has beaten us. Big thanks to everyone who's come on tonight. Being been absolutely superb to have, uh, you know, a lot of guests on tonight. Normally, we don't have as many, but there was a lot of, uh, lot of people wanting to come on and make their opinions. So, a big thanks to everyone who's come on. Thanks, of course, to our regulars, uh, Mitch, Steve, Hasty, and Sav. Great to have yous on a- a- again as well. Uh, last couple of questions to, uh, to-, to finish off with. Um... JJ was asking how you find the NUST podcast with uh with every well, everybody on today. And that's your answer. Just go on to Cheat on Wura's YouTube channel. Um, as I'm sure you've seen as well the EP, uh, independent investigation in the EPL takeover process petition has now reached 95,013 so less than 5,000 signatures needed now to hit the magic 100,000 so good luck to everybody uh, and, and get, get signed and sure make sure you sign that petition and get it 100,000 by tomorrow that will be fantastic you know um, great to have you on guys and and uh, Saab thanks for joining us again look forward to having you on on ladies night uh, early next week and uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Hope you get a bit of sunshine wherever you are. But uh, thanks everybody for watching. Give it a like. Give it a share. Good night, everybody. Cheers,
1: Steve.
5: Good night, Cheers, guys.